0: Let us pray. Most loving and gracious Father, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We pray that your Holy Spirit will open our hearts to hear your voice. Lord, may your word be spoken and your word received. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In all of the readings that we have today, there is a connection with the theme of what trusting in the Lord does for our lives and our need to trust in God with our whole being. That was the the warning in Jeremiah. And as we trust in the Lord... We do so because it is the Lord who is able to change and transform, to heal, restore, and renew. And in Jeremiah, we're also cautioned that the heart is more deceitful than anything else. And this may make us uncomfortable perhaps to hear, or we may think that that may not be the case. Um, But I would say that there's plenty of evidence of that and if we want to know where the human heart can go all we have to do is watch the news or open the newspaper and all the things on the front page are the ways that the human heart can be deceitful and go astray and we all know that list of tragedies and in fact as uh, as we're seated here now we know that Hundreds of, thousands of troops in Russia are amassing on the border of Ukraine. And as Lisa and I were watching the news, she said, uh, it's amazing that human beings are still using violence on each other to get what they want. And is that not a reflection of how the human heart can go astray? And that, that way of being, we know throughout history, how many wars have been waged to get this thing or that thing? And we can argue about the righteousness of the thing you're trying to get. But look what happens. Right in the beginning of Genesis, it doesn't take too, much, too many chapters. There's already murder to get what you want. That that's what can happen when the human heart is not renewed and changed and restored by God that there are desires that linger under there that come out in all of these atrocities that we have seen throughout all time. They lay in each human heart. And it's easy for us to perhaps say, oh, well, that's them over there on the news, in the newspaper, or those people halfway around the world. But I would ask ourselves if we reflected for a minute about our whole life, And imagine that they were gonna put our whole life on the news or the newspaper. I'm sure there are some things we say, I hope that doesn't make the addition. I hope nobody sees that part. Those are the areas in our own life where our heart can be deceitful and go astray. And evidence that we're in need of God's transformation, not some other people elsewhere but that we're to trust in the Lord for that change and transformation. That is what this passage from Luke's Gospel is about, as we hear the Beatitudes. And this section in Luke's Gospel, if, if you remember the Beatitudes, we hear them twice. And in Luke's gospel here, this is the Sermon on the Plain, which is a different version of the Beatitudes than the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew's gospel, which is a different encounter. And the Beatitudes are a little more friendly, where you can be poor in spirit and thirst for righteousness. And Luke's gospel is really pointed right here. And Luke's gospel has something that you won't find in Matthew's gospel, is that not only does Jesus say, blessed are you, who are poor, blessed are you, who are hungry, all the blessings that we hear, but we also hear, but woe to you, and woe to you, and woe to you. And that may make us a little uncomfortable, but what Luke is trying to get us to say, and why I think we have this here in the Epiphany season, is it's the attribute of the Messiah to bring blessing and curse. That's a role of what the Messiah will do. They're the one who has authority to bring both blessing and curse. And so in Jesus giving both of these blessing and curses, as Luke outlines them, we're told that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one who has the power to do these things, is authorized to do that. And what's hard for us as Christians, is we can hear the Beatitudes sort of as a to-do list, again, where we sort of fall in the law and we just do these things and then that's how we get our blessing. But what's hard for us and why we need God is that for, for us seated here, we're actually all of these things all at once, which makes it challenging. Because as we sit here, we are the ones who are poor and hungry, and weeping, and perhaps being persecuted. But at the same time, we're also the ones who are rich and full. And people speak well of us. It's not one of these lists or the other for us. And sort of just work your way out of this list into the better list and everything will find. This is the reality. We find ourselves in both of these lists and the only thing we can do is trust in the Lord to put our full faith in Him, which is precisely what Paul is talking about as he reminds us that we proclaim Jesus as raised from the dead. But some say there is no resurrection. And if there's no resurrection and Jesus hasn't been raised, well, then we've got major problems. Then we're not going to be raised either. Then, as Paul said, we remain dead in our sins. And as we hear this message then to place our full trust in God who has raised Jesus from the dead, and that same God will raise us also. As we place our trust in Him, we can't hear it as some sort of law by which we have a to-do list and you have to just check off the right things that indicate how you trust in God, and then you'll get your card stamped approved because you did the right things. That's not what God is trying to say to us. That's not freedom in the gospel. That's not the good news. The good news is Jesus has done this for us and that we in Christ will be raised because of the grace of God in us. And if Jesus isn't raised, again, we have major problems. We should ask, well, why are we here? If Jesus is not raised from the dead, this is just a good show that we put on on Sunday morning, and we could all go home and sleep in. Because what's the point? But we're here because Jesus is raised from the dead. And we're in need of that change and transformation. And resurrection is at the heart of Christianity because that's why Jesus came. Because nowhere in the gospel is the point that Jesus came to make bad people better or bad people good. But Jesus came that dead people might live. That's a difference. Jesus didn't just come and say, now that I'm here... Now you can do better on your own, and you'll eventually just achieve by yourself. He came to say, without me you're dead. And the only way to life is in me. And I've come to give that freely to you. Not that you have to work your way into achievement, but that Jesus has recognized that without God, we're dead. Without Jesus, we're nothing. As the colleague said, without God, we can't do anything good on our own. But thanks be to God, through Christ we can be raised. We are alive. We will live with God forever. And the Holy Spirit has been poured into each of us by virtue of our baptism to walk with us, to lead us and guide us, to change and shape our hearts and our minds, our thoughts, our actions, our words, our deeds. All of that is done by God in us. That God's doing that shaping day by day, little by little. And we gather then to give thanks to God for the reality of who we are in Christ and that that same power of God that raised Jesus from the dead will raise us. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us right now and is at work whether we recognize it or not. And sometimes the Spirit's work is so subtle and little by little that it's only when we're further down the road that we recognize how God has changed our thought about something, has changed our words, has changed our action. And then we return and we give thanks to God for who He is and what He's done for us that God loves us so much that Jesus would do this freely for us. And then the hope is our whole trust is in God. And not something that we do, but that as we see God at work in our life, we come to be more attached. We come to be more dependent. We come to trust without even knowing that we're trusting because we're just dwelling with God day in and day out. That's the transformation that God does in us. And thanks be to God that as we sit here, Jesus has been raised, and we will be too. And that God is at work in our life. And may the Holy Spirit continue to shape our hearts and our minds, our thoughts and our actions, that we might bear the image of Christ to the world, that others might come to know the free gift of grace in Jesus Christ, that they too might live. Let us pray. Most loving and gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this day. We thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, and for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we pray that the Spirit may continue to shape and transform us, that our hearts would be conformed to yours, that we might love what you love, that we might love who you love, that we might desire what you desire. May our lives be lived to your honor and glory. And we ask this through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.